while you remain standing, I hope you brought your Bible with us, with you this morning. Find the book of Jeremiah, please. The book of Jeremiah, the fifth chapter. Jeremiah chapter number five. I'm glad to have you here this morning. Thank you so much for being here. I'd like you to do me one favor before we get started. Check your phone and make sure that is off. Would you do that for me, please? And we're so used to carrying it. We have an iWatch. We have an iPhone. We have a something, you know, and it'll go off. Uh, just at the most inopportune time. So before that time gets here, I'm asking you, uh, very nicely, by the way, uh, please turn yourself on. If you just check it. Now, always somewhere somebody goes, oh, I thought it was off. If you just check it, then we will know, right? So if you'll help me, I appreciate it. Jeremiah chapter number 5. I want you to go down find verse number 10. I will read out loud. I'd like you to follow along with me silently, but we'll read together. We were in a service just recently, and somebody uh, pointed out and said, that word's not even in my Bible that he just said. And it wasn't because I misquoted. I had my eyes fixed, so I'm, I'm good to go now, okay? The reason is they didn't have a Bible. It's not a King James Bible. At best, you have a commentary. And it's going to leave out certain key words that I'm going to try to emphasize, and you're going to miss it altogether. For example, the Bible says in verse 10, I'll read it out loud, you follow me. Go ye up upon her walls, and destroy, and make not a full end. Take away her battlements, for they are not the Lord's. I want you to go to Deuteronomy, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Old Testament, the fifth book there. Ready? Deuteronomy, chapter number 22. Deuteronomy chapter number 22. Once you have located that, drop down to verse number 8. When thou buildest a new house, then thou shalt make a battlement for the roof, that thou bring not blood upon thine house, if any man should fall from thence. Father, thank you for the Bible. Help me to help mom and dad, families. That is my desire. I really want to. I know you do. And so I ask that all of us will give our undivided attention, that we would not draw attention to ourselves, but we would listen as if to let the Lord know, I want you to talk to me. So help us please this morning that every one of us would give ourselves to the hearing of God's word. I'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. She found an old King James Bible in that cheap hotel. She read the story about Jesus and the woman at the well. She found herself inside those pages and wondered how she had got so far gone. So far away from home, and she cried, I'll do anything, I'll pay any price, do whatever it takes to make something of my life. I'll find a way to start all over. Wipe the slate completely clean. 
the other side of Calvary, God saw us lost. He looked at you and me, then he looked at the cross. Oh, the price, the sacrifice it would take, who would pay, who would go? Then Jesus stepped down from his throne, and he said, I'll do anything, I'll pay any price, do whatever it takes to make something find a way to start all over and wipe the slate completely clean. I'll do anything. I'll take up that cross, lay down my life, and go to Calvary. I'll go through hell three days and come
go to Deuteronomy. You were just there, so now you know where it is again, right? Deuteronomy chapter number 22. Deuteronomy chapter number 22. Here again, you're going to see a very familiar word, and the word is battlements. Battlements. Now, living in our day and time, we don't really know what that is. I'll try to explain this to you in a moment. Chapter number 22, the book of Deuteronomy, drop down to verse number 8. When thou buildest a new house, then shalt thou make a battlement for thy roof, that thou bring not blood upon thy house if any man fall from thence. I receive phone calls all the time from moms and dads needing help with their children all the time. Example, mother called needing food for her kids and money to pay some late bills. That's what I always do. Ma'am, can I ask you where you go to church? Oh, I don't go to church. I don't go to church. I begin to ask her how and tell her how she could help herself. And I told her, I said, now look, what you want to do, you want need to start coming to church faithfully. When you come here, our deacons will see what's going on and they'll do what they can to try to help you. So I, I laid it all out before and told her how this, how this needs to work. And she said, okay. She never showed up, never called again, never did anything. Example, a mom called desperately for medicine for her child. She was very, very sick. And I asked her, where do you attend church? Here's what she said. I don't believe in organized religion. But she had been calling all week organized religion to help her. I guess a lot of people in the world think a church, whether you live for the devil or you live for the Lord, we're just supposed to help you out. We don't work that way. I suppose she felt organized churches were supposed to help her no matter how she was living. As I look at the American family and families all across the world, basically, divorce rate is up, abuse of all kinds, incest, pornography, teen runaways, unmarried parents, drinking, drugs, smoking, nakedness, rebellion, homosexuality, violence, anger, teen pregnancy. The American dream has turned into a nightmare. I don't blame people, seriously. I don't for saying I don't want to get married. Look at the evidence. It doesn't look good, but it's still God's program. So the real sad, tragic part about all of this is everything I just mentioned can be found in a lot of Christian homes. Example, people that we know. Now, if this comes close to you, I, I, I honestly, I do not have you in mind at all. A young man is in prison for choking a girl to death. Both parents say they're born again. I see you're beginning to judge right now. Hmm, right? Okay. Example, a girl ran away from a church, joined a rock and roll band to sleep around and travel with them. Both parents claim to be saved. A young lady graduated from a Christian school. Just a few months later, took off, got pregnant, ruined her whole life. Everything went bad. Both parents, her, her mom said she's a born-again Christian. Her mom said she was, not the, not the girl, said she was. What are parents to do? What are we supposed to do? Have we done all that we can? Have we done all that we should? What does God's word say about things like this? 
what are we supposed to do here? I mean, whose fault is this? There is a man that I know very close to me, and one day I was preaching along these lines, and he started crying, and after the church service, he said, Preacher, what did I do wrong? I said, what, what do you mean? And he was concerned about a child of his, and, and I told him, I said, I don't know. I'd have to live with you 24 hours a day to figure out, no, you shouldn't have done that, you shouldn't have done that. I said, but you have to understand, when kids leave your home, I don't mean that afternoon. I mean, when they decide, I don't want to live this way, I'm leaving, there's nothing you can do about it. Isn't that scary? Isn't that scary? Well, they're going to have to figure it out. You do know what's going on in the world, right, how bad it is? And we're going to say they'll have to figure this out. Is any of this our fault? Is there something we can do? In Deuteronomy chapter number 22, verse number 8, and Jeremiah chapter 5, verse number 10, there's a word there called battlements. Now, most people in America in modern day, we don't know what that is. You ever seen on an old castle or an old fort, and you'll see these little cutouts like this? You know, they're like little squares. And in between there is for you to fight from. In between there, they put that up for a lot of different reasons. But in battle, it was so that you're not fully exposed. And in between that cutout, that's where you would fight from. So you'd have a you'd have like a small wall here, one here, and an empty place here, and you would hide behind there, and you could defend the fort from inside of there. I want you to understand battlements were not just for the city. He said there in Jeremiah chapter 5 that battlements are for your home. Battlements are for your home. Now, you listen to me well. We've got to stop this. I'm just doing the best I can. You're not doing the best you can until you do it God's way. You may be doing the best you can, but you're not doing the best you can unless you do it God's way. So these, there's two reasons that I know of for battlements, these little cutouts. And he understand, he said, you do these on forts. Now on a fort is just to defend, is to fight, is to protect, to do those things. In the home, we come to find out here, he said, look at Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 22, verse 8. That thou, be not, uh, that thou bring not blood upon thine house, if any man, what's the next word? Fall. They weren't pushed. Nobody made them. They fell. He said, now look, now you have to understand, in the east and a lot of places around the world, people, when it was real hot, they would go up on their roof. They go up on their roof, and you, you see even today, you see some places, and you'll see trees up there and grass up there, and in America now we put pools up there, okay, because it's cooler. It's cooler up there. So they'd go up there, and they would kick back there. And up there somewhere, you have to understand, if the roof just went like this and fell off, what if somebody wasn't paying attention and just fell? And God said, okay, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. You put up battlements. You put up these walls and these safeties around the edge. And that way, it'll help protect anybody from, what was our word? Falling. Falling off. These battlements were added to the home to keep people inside from accidentally falling off. And God said, if you don't put up the battlements, you're responsible. He said, but they just tripped. If you had the battlement up, they wouldn't have fallen off. That was there to help hold them in place. Now, if a person purposely climbed over, if a person purposely disobeyed, if a person purposely threw themselves over the top, it's still going to hurt you. But God said, I don't hold you responsible. Are you following my thinking now? So what happens here is a person could not accidentally fall if you had these barriers, if you would, up around the top. Understand, what are they doing up there? People do this all the time in the Middle East. 
So God is using this as an illustration for his people saying, look, this is what I want you to do, and here's the reason why. I don't want people accidentally falling off your roof. So you put this up. If they fall off, now it's not your fault. If you don't put it up, it is your fault. So this is what the Bible's talking about. Now, in Jeremiah, we see a different problem here. He said, so battlements are good. Yes, they are. Absolutely, they're good. But look in Jeremiah chapter number 5, verse 7. Verse 7. Jeremiah chapter number 5 and verse number 7. You there? Okay, two of us are there. Wonderful. Are we there? That means you talk to me. Okay, there we go. Okay, look at verse 7. How shall I pardon thee for this? Thy children have forsaken me and sworn by them that are not gods, that are no gods. When I have fed them to full, they then committed adultery and assembled themselves by troops in the harlot's houses. They were as fed horses in the morning, everyone neighing after his neighbor's wife. Shall I not visit for these things, saith the Lord? Shall not my soul be avenged on such a nation as this? Watch what he says. Now watch, watch. Go ye up upon her walls and destroy, but make not a full end. Take away her battlements. Wait a minute. I thought that was a good thing. We found out that battlements were good, right? For defense, for safety, right? Sound like a good thing. But watch the rest of what it says. For they are not the Lord's. They didn't build it the way God said. They didn't do what God said. They just threw something up and it wasn't working. God always holds authority and leadership responsible for the outcome. God always holds. That's why Biden's a terrible leader. He said, you mean his policies and stuff? No, him. A great leader, a good leader, just like a mom or dad in a home, when things go wrong, you take the responsibility. When things go right, you give that praise to everybody else. Most of the people in Congress why do just the exact opposite. Well, it's not my fault, my kids. You're the leader. If they mess up, it's got to be my fault. My kids do good. Yeah, they're, they're working pretty good at it. Then we want to pat ourselves on the back. Please understand, that's bad leadership. That is not the way it should be. You know, when Jesus came, he took the responsibility for us. Right? He did not come down as a king. He came down as a servant to help other people. He didn't come down to praise himself. He didn't come down to, if you would, to lift up himself. He came down to help other people and not to talk about his leadership. We had to find out, why did children end up in sin? And the Bible said the Lord was angry with the parents. Why was that? In verse 10, he said, take away her battlements for or because they're not the Lord's. What they put up there and they call safety, God said, I don't recognize that. That's not mine at all. I didn't tell you to build that way. I didn't ask you to do that. Here's the problem. <coughs> we want good marriages. I don't know anybody that starts off and goes, man, I hope this doesn't work. Nobody does that. Right? When we start having children, it isn't our thought to, boy, I hope they all become drug addicts and drunks. Man, I'm looking forward. Nobody does that. So what happens is we want good marriage. We want good children. Now watch. We don't want our kids to get too far in sin. We don't want our children to be too bad. We, we, we don't want to do everything God says, but we're kind of hoping things will work out right. 
You understand the emphasis I'm having here? We want the defense and the safety of battlements, but not the Lord's battlements. We understand there needs to be safety. We don't want our kids falling and dying out there in the world somewhere, but we're not going to build our battlements the way God said either. See, we have our own idea about what's going on. We want defense, but not the Lord's defense. We want God, what he has to offer, but we don't want to build his way. It amazes me if on a Sunday night a lot of our little kids are out back and you'll come in here and they'll sit right down here. They got little ties on, little dresses on. They're all sitting there real good. And you keep thinking to yourself, where at Walmart do you buy kids like this? How do you get them to behave? See, what you want, you want the product, but you won't put in all the ingredients to get them. My wife's mom made a, a homemade biscuits. Homemade, I mean, they're big suckers like that, you know, great big ones. And uh, they're about that thick, and they're great big. She makes them that way too now. And uh, what you do, you put so much butter on there, you get fat looking at it. Then you take honey until it's dripping through. See, now I'm preaching to you now, aren't I? And that, that, that's good biscuits. Now, here's what you say. Oh, I love those things. But you start to make them, and you go like this. I don't think I need to use so much flour. You know, I, I'm going to use oil instead of this. And then when it comes out, it's all flat. It's kind of mushy. It's kind of oil. And you go like this. That, that recipe doesn't work. No, the recipe worked. You didn't go about it the same way that you were taught. So when you come to church and you hear things, you go like, yeah, I don't think that's necessary. You know you need the defense of your home, but you won't build the way God said. In order to have the defense and safety, which God speaks about in Scripture, the battlements must be built the way that God instructs. He comes to his people and said, tear them all down. Not the whole house, but the battlement. Why? Because that's not what I told you how to build those battlements. In Psalm chapter 127, verse number one. Ready? Except the Lord build the house, they that build it build in vain. I have a great idea. If it's not of the Lord, you're just building in vain. You're just building in vain. Defending our homes in a world that is trying to climb up over top and get to our families and get to our children is a full-time job for sure. And since no one starts off an expert in marriage, okay, look at me. Look at me in my eye. Nobody starts off an expert in marriage. The bad part about it is some people have been married for 50 years and they still don't know what they're doing. We're in trouble in America. So we need to follow the instruction of God's word. You need to follow the example. Let me help you understand. Some people, you're born again and you read the Bible and you go, I don't understand. Do I beat the fire out of my kids? It says chastise your kids. What does that mean? Three spankings, one spanking, give them 45 different avenues to take, give them suggestions, talk to your kids when they're two. I mean, how do you go about this stuff? You ready? Ready? This is God's instruction book. In here is God's example of that instruction. We read this and go, I don't understand. And we turn to the world and say, what do you think? What the world does and what God wants is totally two different things. One is darkness, one is light. One is wrong, one is right. One's of God, one's of the devil. And yet we're trying to say, but that doesn't make sense nowadays. And so we turn to the world and say, I'm getting ready to build battlements for my home for safety and defense. You got any good suggestions? And the Lord's been, you're trying to build like the Lord, and then all of a sudden they go, that's not necessary. I don't see it that way. I tried that one time. And so we begin, yeah, I can see that. That doesn't look like it's working to me. So we start building the way we think we ought to. God's word is the instruction. Somewhere around you, Christian, 
that men may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. You and I are supposed to be living this so other people as they're scratching their head look at this and go, oh, I see. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. Now that makes sense now. So you don't pick out the lowest example and go, I'm doing what they're doing. You pick out someone that's ahead of you and doing it right and go, I got to do that, I think. And God's word will back that up. This is God's design for defending the home. Most parents want children like a Christian family in church somewhere. You've done it before, right? You've probably done it with me. You sat here and like this. Well, yeah, if I was like him, I'd have me. But you're not willing to go through everything I've gone through to get here. You're not willing to yield yourself to what God says, right? But this is what you do. Most parents want children like the Christian family down the street or the one that's across the aisle from you right now. That's why you keep looking at them. You talk about not judging. Everybody in the world judges. Women are the worst at it. You watch a woman walk down this aisle and then watch women look at her and they'll go like this. They're checking out her shoes, her earrings, her clothes, yeah, everything, everything about it, okay? Don't even know the person. They'll go like, yes, I like her, right? Fellas, the only thing we care about, does he do what I do when we're away from here? That's all we care about. I'm going to tell you what God has taught me. I have been now married 50, over 50 years, more than 20 years. Let's just leave it at that, okay? Over 50 years. And we have four adult children, 13 grandchildren. You said, oh, man, that'd be wonderful. Uh, it didn't all work out right. See, you keep thinking, if it doesn't all work out right, just destroy everything and go back out in the world and do something else. Let me help you with something. I'm going to try to help you with what I think are the basic building things for those battlements. Are you ready for this? Instead of memorizing this, you may want to write this down. Just me, Okay. Number one, mom and dad. Mom and dad. There are no two women raising children. No place in the Bible do grandparents raise their children's children. But I want to ask some of you kids that run around just sleep around everywhere you want to. If it wasn't for your grandmother or your grandfather or somebody like that, who would watch your kids? You better be thankful they're there because without that, you're going to be in bigger trouble all the time. God never intended that. God never intended one parent. Now, we have single parents here. They know and they, they understand what I'm saying. And my mom was a single mom, raising six children back in the day when there was no equal pay. You get the best food coming and going. You go to the store and get four grocery carts full of food while the guy that's working can barely afford to buy hamburger. We got powdered everything. Powdered, it was big brown cartons with black letters said welfare. So my mom would open up the trunk and look up and down the street and she'd grab that box and take it in the house. Everything was powdered. Milk was powdered. I think powder was powdered. I'm not sure. Everything was that way. And you say, well, it looks like your mom did the best she could. The way I am right now, my mom had very little to do with. We'll take credit for any good that comes out of our kids when a lot of times we didn't really have anything to do with it. It could have been a youth leader. It could have been a school teacher. I don't mean public school teacher. I don't mean public school teacher. Mom and dad, first of all, must be 100% sure that they're saved. Now, mom and dad, you look at me and you listen to me well. You cannot help people when you're going in two different directions. 
when one is going this way and believes that and one is going this way and believes that, now all of a sudden you have a child. What do you think is going to happen to that child? A husband and wife cannot pull in the same direction when only one knows Jesus Christ is their Savior. They cannot build and defend their home effectively because they have two different philosophies on raising children. Well, I don't believe this. Well, the Bible says that. Well, I'm sorry. I can't go along with that. And your kids are going to pay for it. Watch what happens. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter number 6 up to the New Testament. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts. 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians. I think Romans in there too. Now, 2 Corinthians chapter number 6. 2 Corinthians chapter number 6. It's back here somewhere. There we go. I want you to go down to verse number 14. Now, here's another reason I've got things against public schools. You send a Christian girl there or a Christian guy there. One day they come back home and says, I think I'm in love. I met this guy at school. And mom and dad go, what? Now, how can you fall in love if you just met somebody? That's not the way it worked. You've been talking. Uh, you've been doing things probably you shouldn't be doing. Uh, you've been sharing. And now after a month, six months, or a year, whatever the case is, now you're in love. And your mom goes, no, that, that's not going to work. But I love him. Where did the rebellion come from? When did this falling in love thing take place? No counsel, no asking mom or dad, no going about that way. And here's what a lot of parents do. That's what happened to me. I met this boy in school. And then I met that boy in school. And I met another boy in school. And another, another boy in school. Getting real quiet. So the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 6, be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. You say, but I love them. God said, listen to me, listen to me. You put a donkey, this is not a reflection on you, I'm just two animals, a donkey and a water buffalo under the same yoke, one of them is going to be pulling all the weight. One of them is going to be doing all the struggling. The other one's just going to be walking along, and if it's okay, I'll keep going. This is what happens in relationships. The first thing you should ask is, first of all, are you a born-again Christian? Do you attend a Baptist church? Do you believe the King James Bible? Are you heading in this direction? If not, you're asking for trouble, and you haven't even started yet. People do this all the time. And right now, you're going like this. I'm not sure if I agree with that. Then what would you call an equal love? That love conquers all? Again, the whole viaduct thing, you know, you're going under the underpass. Just look up and it'll say, Mary loves spray paint out forever. That didn't work. There's a reason it didn't work. A lot of reasons didn't work. My wife and I, when we first married, I was saved and heading towards the Lord. Now, I just got saved. I was 20. I was very worldly, way out in the world. And I mean, I was a sinful mess even after I got saved. But man, was I saved. I love the Lord. I would do anything to read more Bible, go to church, work on the property, you name it. I was on fire for God. I just didn't always know what I was doing. But I'm heading off in the right direction. My wife, who was raised in church, her daddy was a preacher. She was raised in church. She testified in church. She sang with her family in church. I mean, if anybody's saved, that girl is, right? You look at me and you go, he cussed the other day. Brother, if you knew me before I got saved, that's all I ever did. I had to learn a whole new language called English. It's really tough for me. So I got saved. So watch, I was so carnal and worldly. She was so churchy and unsaved. We made a pretty good match. There. We made a pretty good match. 
Trouble is, the more I fell in love with the Lord and more his light came into my life, the more her darkness began to show, this isn't going to work. But we were married. What do you do? So God says, before, don't even start to get yoked up. Well, he goes to church. What, what does that mean? They go to a building. I think he's saved. Why didn't you just ask him? Why don't you take some Bible and say, tell about the day you got saved. And if their response is like hers was, oh, honey, that's a silly question. Are you saved? That's a silly question. See, I didn't know any of this. Somebody just shoot at me? Don't do that. So at first, discipling our children was something we didn't know anything about. I didn't know. I had to learn. I did not go to my worldly friends. First of all, I didn't. What's going on? Nobody replaced the batteries? Right here. Okay. Listen to me very carefully. I didn't know how to raise children, so quit using that as an excuse. Got a whole book here. I'm not good at reading. Praise the Lord for public schools. Amen. There's only one foundation which you can build a Christian home. A Christian home. There's only one foundation. One foundation you can build. You know, when you're building a home, my wife and I, we live in a new home. First one ever in our life. And you'll find out that we would go by there and check it out or they're building other ones. And it's like they dug this hole in the ground and it just sat there for a while. And we put in this thing called a footer. Now, to this day, you can't see it. Then they put up these concrete walls, and unless you're actually inside, you can't see it. You put all that money in things you can't even see. You put this foundation up, and boy, they, they get out there, their lasers, and they, they strike azimuths, and they make sure everything's just right, and all the concrete's got to be so thick in the right mixture and do all this kind of stuff for something you're never even going to see. Now, later on, my neighbor was down in his basement. He came over and talked to me one day a couple of years back, and he said, uh, the walls in my basement are cracking. Now, they make them so that if there's a crack, it should go this way, just like you do sidewalls. The reason they cut those little things in just to be cool is so that if the concrete's going to give way, it'll where, where it needs to crack if it's going to. So you have this foundation, and somebody didn't set his foundation right. So one day he's looking around after he's already lived there, after he's already been paying to live there, and he looks around and says, I've got a problem. Nobody checked the foundation. Somebody overlooked something. And now all of a sudden they put this big heavy house, two stories, on top of that foundation. And he goes down to the basement one day, and it's not cracking like if it's going to crack, it should crack up and down. That's okay. So if you go to look at a house and there's a crack this way, that's nothing to panic about. The problem you have is when it's cracking this way, which means it's moving. Do you know why it would do that? Foundation's not any good. So then who do you blame? The builder. You blame the builder. Okay, let's talk about building a home. The builder has already told us you need this foundation. Now, because you shortcut the biscuits and you didn't get the biscuit you were hoping for, because you didn't build the way God said and you expected perfection out of your kid, put the glasses away, please. Thanks. 
and you do all this. It's just distracting to me. You do all of this, and then you keep saying, what happened? What happened? There is one foundation that you need to have in your, in, in your home. Foundations must be right or the house will fall. The foundation is not, I go to church. That's not the foundation. The foundation is not, I've been baptized. That's not the foundation. The foundation is not, we're pretty good people. That is not the foundation. Or even, I love my kids and I love my husband. That's not the foundation. The Bible clearly says there is none other foundation, talking about Jesus Christ, that must be laid. If you're going to build a home, they that build it, build in vain, if the Lord's not building the house. Folks, listen to me. We keep we keep repeating failure because we keep redoing the same thing over and over. Well, that's what my parents did. How'd that turn out? So then we teach our kids. Let me tell you what my grandmother taught me. If I taught you what my mom taught me, boy, we'd be in trouble. You say, you don't love your mom? Sure, I love my mom. I want my mom to Christ. But she didn't know what she was doing. So number one, I want to ask you, are you saved? I didn't ask you if you went to church. I didn't ask you if you're a good person. I didn't ask you if you loved your children. I didn't ask you if you're trying real hard. I asked you, do you know for sure that you have Jesus Christ as your personal Savior according to the Bible? If not, you're not building your foundation. Right off the bat, you're going to run into problems. Because if one of you are saved and one of you aren't, first of all, if both of you are lost, you're not going to build God's way to begin with. If one of you are, you're going to pull against each other eventually because you see things differently. You understand? Number two, make Christ and the Bible the center of your life and home. Okay, I'm saved. Yeah, but you don't know anything about the Bible. You don't go to church half the time. You're not telling your kids about the Lord. So though you're saved, he's not the center of your home. So the only way Christian parents can keep their home from being overrun and conformed to this world is have their minds completely transformed to the Bible. Watch this very carefully. Go to Romans chapter, you should be in 2 Corinthians right now. Go back a book or two, you'll run right into Romans. Romans chapter number 12. Look at Romans chapter number 12. I don't make this stuff up. Uh, I couldn't, I'm not near that smart. Watch what the Bible says. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Now here's what we do. We do like the parents I was telling you about at the beginning of the sermon. I want help, I want help, I want help. Okay, I want you to do this. I, I don't think I have to do that. We lose our kids, we lose our marriage, we lose our relationship with God, and then some preacher gets up and tells us what we ought to do, and here's what we go. Ah, I don't see it that way. Watch what it says in Romans chapter 12, verse number 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Ready? Uh, mercies of God. A, a, present your bodies a living sacrifice. Look at the next three words. Holy acceptable unto God. Not what's acceptable to you or me. Acceptable unto God, by the way, which is your reasonable service. That's just This is just reasonable. I'm a born-again Christian. Jesus gave his life for me. God's in heaven building a home for me. He's always with me. He said he'll never leave me, forsake me. And he said, look, I'm asking you to do it. This is not unreasonable. This is very reasonable. Look at verse number two. And be not conformed to this world. You know what a form is when you lay in concrete? Had a lot of concrete work done at my house a year or two ago, whatever. And the first thing they did, they prepare the ground, and then they put up forms. What they're saying is the concrete's going to stay inside of here. We're going to make the concrete fit this. The world wants to fit you into their mold. 
what, watch what it says. Be not conformed to this world. How can I stop from doing that? Ready? Ready? Look up here. Be you transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. The world has taught you what the world thinks is right and wrong. Isn't it amazing how God seems to go against all of that? So who's right and who's wrong? Let God be true and every man a liar. So we grow up, I grew up in, in, in public schools, I grew up in a single parent home, I grew up running the streets, that's all I knew, that's what's right. I decide what's right and wrong, God said, no, 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 no. Now that you belong to me, don't be conformed anymore to the world. Be transformed, and here's the way this works, by the renewing of your mind. I got to renew my thinking to what God says. If I want God's biscuits, if I want God's young people, if I want what God wants in my marriage, I've got to stop thinking the way I've been trained by the world and adjust my life to what God has to say. First thing I need to do, I need to have a foundation built upon Jesus Christ. If I'm not saved, just forget all of it. Number two, once I am, I want to make all of this all of me. I want to train my children. I want to train my wife. When it comes to raising children for God, keeping them from accidentally falling, you need to do everything, think everything, act every way, put every safety you can in and around your home. In and around your home. The Bible says, what is truth? Thy word is truth. Now, for those of you that may not know yet, you have a little kid. My children mind me. They're three. They should mind you. The problem comes when they become juniors and teenagers. And by the way, by that time, it's too late. All of that should have taken place when they were little kids. When you said sit down and be quiet, that should have happened when they were two. Two. Now we have pull-ups for eight-year-olds. Do you know what causes that? Mom and dad not spending enough time teaching their kids to go potty. We have them entering into K-5 and first grade that has not been taught how to clean themselves yet or how to go to the bathroom. My kids just haven't learned. No, your children haven't been taught. The world has. I can't believe somebody told me. I think it was Abigail said, preacher, they make me, make me and Jordan. So I went on purpose to Kroger, and I found the pamper section, which is growing. Used to have one size fits all because they stretch, you know. Now all of a sudden I'm going like this. These little pampers aren't going to fit an eight-year-old. And I'm such a big boy now I can pull up my own pampers. And we're so happy. Who taught you that? Who taught you that? The world. When it comes to raising children, for God, keeping them from accidentally, accidentally falling while they're in your home. It's going to take everything that God tells you to keep it safe. All thy commandments are truth, the Bible says. We must realize even what we have been taught and have always believed may have to change. It may have to change. I want what God wants. God, God invented children. God invented marriage. God invented family. If anybody should know about these things, it should be God. Most people say, the Bible talks about that. You don't read. You keep grabbing things from the world and saying, ah, I, I tried that. It doesn't work. I'm going to go get a book on marriage. There are tens of thousands of them out there written by every hillbilly coming and going. What you're looking for is someone to agree or tell you easily how to do something. God won't do that. 
Bible said, let God be true and every man a liar. Go to Proverbs chapter number 3. If you know where Psalms is, that should be in the middle of your Bible. Right after the book of Psalms is the book of Proverbs. The book of Proverbs, I want you to turn to chapter number 3 of the book of Proverbs. Chapter number 3, the book of Proverbs. I want to start reading at verse number 5. Now, this is for Christians. If you're a born-again Christian, this is what God says you need to do, okay? Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not to thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. You say, I don't look at it that way. Okay, come on up and tell everybody how you interpret that. I always like when people say that. I don't interpret it that way. Okay, open pulpit. Come on up. Tell them how you interpret Not what you would do. Tell them how that. What that really means. I'm not trying to be smart. I hear this stuff all the time. Well, I don't look at it that way. Okay, then how do you look at it? God said, don't lean to your own understanding. Lean upon the Lord. Trust in God with all your heart. Don't trust yourself. How, how do you interpret that? So this is what God's trying to say. Ladies and gentlemen, I cannot make you do anything. I've never been able to make anybody do anything. There are people out there that say, don't go to anchor. He locks the doors and makes you do things. First of all, there are push bars on the door. You leave anytime you want to. Second of all, I've never been able to make anybody do anything. Even the guys on staff, I said, this is what we do, this is what we don't do. I can fire them, but I can't make them do anything. Just in case you ever get on staff, I want you to know that. But I want you to ask yourself, is that little fella sitting beside you or that you're hoping to have one day? That little girl that you love so much beginning to run with wrong crowd, watching the wrong things, listening to the wrong thing. And God bless you parents who just can't wait to buy your little Buford, your little Susie, a cell phone. Oh, bless your heart. So we're going to get them games. Beep, 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 boop, beep, boop, 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 beep, boop. Train up a child early. Yeah, yeah. Get them in that habit early. I was watching some fat guy walking down the street the other day. He just happened to be fat. He's walking down the street. He's got his phone on his belly. to think about it. One of these days it's going to be somebody's dad. No? You ever watch people in the crowd? We are so hung up on our cell phones. So here's what we do. Oh, I have good kids. Okay, let me get straight. Let me come over and watch, okay? Here's what you've done. You give them a snack. You give them a whole box of cereal and say, here, don't eat it all. You set them down in front of a TV somewhere or a tablet and say, watch all your movies. And you tell everybody, I have good kids. They never cause any problems. Then you bring them to church and you go like this. I don't understand preaching. They don't act this way at home. No kidding. We're not going to watch a movie. And you're not eating in the auditorium. So now I got a problem. How am I going to keep this this little child behaving while they're in church? So then you get mad at me when I say, man, please take him out. Well, he doesn't like children. No, I do like children. I like behaved children. You do too. You just don't know what to do about it. It's good preaching. I like this kind of stuff. What is the center of your home? Sports? Material things? Camping trips? Drinking? What's the center of your home? What do you do? That is what you're building their life around. You want the results of a Christian family with defense and safety of God, but you want to do it your way. 
sorry, you can't have grandma's biscuits, shortcutting the recipe. It does not work that way. Example, I've had moms and dads come to me and tell me with tears that they're slowly losing their children. By the way, that's very painful, very painful. When you lose a child that you've invested money in, love in, prayer in, you've changed their diaper, you taught them how to eat, put on their shoes, no, wrong foot, put on the other one. You do all these things. You basically give yourself away for them to turn to you and say, you never have cared for me. Maybe that was you when you were growing up. I did that to my mom one day. I wasn't saved. Still wasn't right. I tell these people what God says. I said, okay, here's what I think you need to do. I think you need to stop this, and I think you need to ought to do that. You ought to start adding this to your life, and uh, you need to stay away from that. You know what they say most of the time? Uh, I don't think that's necessary. Or they simply don't come back anymore. They just don't want to hear it. There's too much work involved to have a good Christian home. So we turn them over to babysitters, daycares, public school, anybody but us. That's not the way God teaches it. So, most dads think it's important to provide cars, clothes, and food for their family than it is to keep their family close to God. You know, have you ever noticed, I've been at this a long time, I'm over 71 years old, and I've watched, there was a time when I lived in here and my dad was still with us, everything shut down on Sundays, everything, everything shut down on Sunday. Then there was this store called Lawson's. Lawson stores came to Hilliard. Now, you don't know what that is, but it was a, a little like grocery store, and it stayed open on Sunday. My mom and dad weren't saved and said, what do they, what do they think they're doing? You don't do business on Sunday. Now look at us. Guess when Little League plays football? Sunday. Guess when we have baseball? Sunday. Guess when everybody has a day off to go boating? Sunday. You know what the Bible calls Sunday? The Lord's Day. It's not your day. So it's the only day I have off. Tell your boss you need a day off. You know what he'll tell you? You can't, and you'll go, okay. God says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together Amen. as the man or some is. We go like, yes, yeah, but I have to. So we run, By the way, your children watch this. Yes. Your children listen and watch. You think you're over in this room. I really need this on here. Do something about it. You're going through all of this, and here's what you're doing. You say, hey, don't talk in front of the children. So you go in this room, and the walls are only that thick. And your kids with a cup are listening to the... Boy, mom's really beating up on dad right now. It's terrible. You, you don't think they heard because they weren't in the room. Your kids watch. They're assessing you all the time on what they believe is right and wrong. And most of the time, because they love you a whole lot more than they love me, they're going to follow your example. Is that okay if they do what you do? Will they be okay as they go forward? Will they be okay as they go forward? Paul is talking about Timothy. When do you base when, when, when do you base the truth? When do you start telling your children? While the baby's still in mommy's womb. Do you know it's a proven fact that children respond to the chemicals in your body? Your attitude, music, you want to kill that? The world wants to kill that? Has little eyes, little feet, little hands, and is responding to stimuli. 
Mommy, calm down when you're having a baby. Even doctors said, don't smoke or drink when you're having a baby. I can do in my body what I want to, right? What do you do to help your children with truth? Do you pray for them? Not just, oh, God, please get them out of trouble. Is that the only time we pray? It's not going to work that way. Do you ever read the Bible? To, have you ever taught your children to pray? More than just, now I lay me down. Hey, sit still. More than now I lay me down to sleep, tuck my feet beneath my sheet. Is that the only thing you've ever taught them? Time to eat. Bow your head. Okay. Thanks for the food, I guess. Oh, my kids pray all the time. I'm trying to make this sound absolutely ridiculous for a reason. We're, we're barely attempting to put flour in there, hoping to get great biscuits, and it's not working. I tried that. It's not working. Don't you tell me God's word does not work. Let God be true and every man a liar. Whatever God says works. Your problem is the way that you think it should work didn't work that way, and so you blame him. You cannot do it. It will not work that way. Paul had a younger man that ran around with him. Now, when I say younger, he's probably in his 30s or 40s, if not older, called Timothy. Timothy, he looked at him one day, and here's what he said to him. He told Timothy, ready, that from a child thou hast known the scriptures. When are you going to start teaching your kids Bible? I knocked on the door one day, and a guy used to come here to church. He opened the door, and I started talking. He says, you don't remember me, do you? No, I don't think so. He used to ride our bus when he was like seven, eight years old. Now he's in his 30s and has children. I'm supposed to remember that. And I said, no, I don't. Yeah, I rode your bus. Yeah, I remember so-and-so and so-and-so. Man, I really enjoyed going there. I said, what happened? I don't know. You know what happens. How about, is this your daughter? Oh, yeah, that's my daughter. I said, maybe she'd like to come. He said, I leave that up to her. Do you leave it up to her to take a bath? You get in there, young lady, you're taking a bath. Oh, so that's not a choice. How about going to public school? You go to school and you better mind those things. That's not a choice. You make them do that. But when it comes to serving God, we think somebody has told us it's really wise to let a five or an eight-year-old make up their own mind. You don't let them make up their mind hardly about anything else. But all of a sudden we do that. I'm just trying to help you out. Psalm 119, verse number 9. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his ways by taking heed thereto to the word of God? When you start teaching your children, what does God say? Let's do what God says. Well, here's what God says about that. You, you, you've watched so many movies and heard, of, oh, it's all about God. Yes. Oh, if you don't do it exactly that way. Yes. Yes. You can't have the biscuits unless you, my wife made, what was it you made one time? Biscuits were starting to get flat or something. Wrong grease. She's using 40 weight, I think. I'm not sure. And, uh. But they were coming and they were flat. And I kept looking, going, what'd you do? They're not fluffy anymore. They, they, the consistency's not there. And she searched the scriptures. No, she searched the recipe. She searched the recipe and said, I think I know where I messed up. I, you ready? I used a cheaper, different oil. That's not what her mom did. Her mom used real butter, flour. Bleached flour. All that stuff is not good for you. Bleached flour, salt, sugar. But she left out and used the wrong oil. And guess what we got? Flat biscuits. 
biscuits. Nobody was crazy about it anymore. And she kept wondering, what am I doing wrong? What did I do wrong? See, that's an honest person. Hey, you eat them. I made it. I've been making that way for 30 years. No, you haven't either. I don't remember biscuits like bricks. I don't remember that. <laughs> Mom and Dad, do you want to keep your children from accidentally falling into sin? I think you do. If you do that, God said, then build battlements on your house. But those over there, take those down. That's not what I told you to build. They had battlements, but they weren't of the Lord. So number one, are you saved? Why won't you question yourself about that? Oh, no, I go to church. I didn't ask you that. Oh, no, I believe the Bible. I didn't ask you that either. I asked you if you were sure, 100% sure, that if you died right now because of the promises of the Bible, you would go to heaven. Because of Jesus Christ, I have trusted him as my Savior. I didn't ask you if you believed in Jesus. People can believe facts and still not do something. Number two, is Christ and the Bible the center of your home? Number three, is church the center of your life? Oh, boy, I knew you were going to bring that one up. Is church the center of your home? Is church the center of your life? Church, local building church where people assemble together. The tabernacle in the Old Testament is called the church in the wilderness. Even they did that. By the way, you read about that, and what you're going to find out is every time they set up the tabernacle, everybody had their place around the tabernacle. Everybody. Those who were busier lived a little closer to there. When they set up their tents, they were a little. Moses and Aaron were right at the front door. That's where they were. So I tell people, I said, I kind of live here. Here's what you say. I'm glad I don't have to do that. So we don't get busy. Here's what you find out. Go to Hebrews chapter number 10. Hebrews, way up by Revelation. Hebrews chapter number 10. Hebrews chapter number 10. I want you to look at verse number 25 when you get there. Hebrews chapter 10, verse number 25. Now, when God says something, it's not a suggestion. It's not up for debate. God said, here's what I want, and we ought to just stand, salute, and say, yes, sir, you got it. If you're saved, you gave your life to him, didn't you? Oh, you're an Indian, I'm sorry, a Native American giver. You gave God something and then said, nah, I changed my mind, I'm taking it back. You gave your life to him. He gave his life for you. You give your life to him. Is that right? Then all of a sudden we go like, I don't think that's necessary. We got a whole generation growing up going, what I was always taught as a little kid, I never did believe, then you're a liar most of your life is what you're saying. Watch what it says in Hebrews chapter 10, verse number 25. Not forsaking the assembling. That's a verb. It didn't say not forsaking the setting in church. Assembling, that's a verb. Get involved. Oh, as the manner of some is. You ever go by these churches? They got beautiful buildings, big buildings. Service, 10.30 a.m. That's it. That's it? Ready? Well, we want our families to spend family time together. Okay, let me get this right. She's in there watching TV. You're over here watching TV. The kids are outside getting into only God knows what, and that's called family time. God said, look, here's something I want you to do. Don't forsake assembling. And then, wait a minute, he's not done. Wait, wait, look, 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 you there? But exhorting one another, encourage one another. 
and so much the more as you see the day approaching. The end is coming. We don't need less church. Right. And don't do, don't, look, I've heard all the arguments. You can be a Christian anywhere. No, you can't. You can be saved anywhere. Yeah, Christian means be Christ-like. Saved means your sins are forgiven. You can fall down on a stump and say, God, I'm a sinner. Please save me. And God said, you got it. I got a friend. I don't suggest you do this. Stopped his car in the middle of the street. Threw his beer bottle away. Got down on his knees beside his car in the middle of the street and asked God to forgive him. I don't suggest you do that. Unless you want to go to heaven right away. Okay? But to be a Christian means Christ-like. Live like Christ. Christian. It's an identification. Salvation is the forgiveness of sins. Done deal. You're good. Christian. We associate those two as being the same. They're not. One is the forgiveness of sins. The other one is living the life that God wants for you Amen. to be like Christ. My family was not, uh, uh, has not always been member, have never been members of churches. My family has never been members of churches. I'm a member of a church. What does that mean? We have people that live in Florida and Texas that keep calling this their home church. I hate to tell you this, you haven't been home in a long time. But that's what we do, right? There are people who actually have their members here, but they still have a home church somewhere else. And it's what they talk about. You know, back at my home church. That's like your kid going, you know something, Ma? I really like the family down the street. I'm going to go home. Say, so this is your home. Ah, I like that one. I'm going to go down there for a while. They let me get by with stuff. Yeah, I don't have to cut my hair. Love the music they play in the house. Oh, my goodness. Oh, love their music down there. Mom, is so dead at our house. We can't boogie. We can't dance. You know, we can't do what we want to do. You know, and, and you just it's just so restrictive. I think I'll go join that house. You two say, I'd take them in the back room and beat the fire out of them is what I'd do. I don't ever want to hear that again. But you say, boy, I'm glad I'm not your child. You don't know how good I feel about that. I've been saved since April 15th, 1972. It was a long time ago. When I first got saved, I was told this. Listen to me. You ready? You'll never backslide too far. There are people in church backslide. You'll never backslide to, if you're in a good fundamental Baptist church that preaches like I do. You'll never backslide too far if you stay in church. Because you're going to show up here one morning and I'm going to cut loose and your eyes are going to get big and you'll try to ignore me and you'll answer your phone and you'll see what time it is and you'll start singing the songs in the songbook when we're not singing. And I'll say, hey, put that down, pay attention to me. And the next thing you know, it's decision time. Now, had you been at home or in some dead Presbyterian church in some orthodox, hey, let's just swing our hips, have a good time, everybody go home. Music is not the main theme of a church. Preaching is. God's word is. Okay, you check them out. Hour and a half of repeating the same songs, same words over and over. And everybody's really getting into it. Yeah, 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 all right, yeah, what a wonderful church service. Then you get some old white guy gets up and talks for 10 minutes. Wow, I love going to church there. And I know why, too. There's no conviction. Nobody challenges you. You don't have to change a thing. You're simply listening to music. It's real similar to what you used to listen to before you got saved. Amen, preacher. That's great preaching. You're welcome. You didn't even have to ask me. You cannot skip and hit and miss 
and stand on the fringes and never participate and expect your children to fall in love with going to church. My family has never been members of it. We've always been active in a church. We don't just put our name there and now I never... There are people to this day that came here. One service said, I want to join this church. I love this church. They've never been back. You're not going to heaven because your name's on Anchor Baptist Church roll. Are you saved? Is the Bible the center of your home? Listen to me. Hey, we talked about that before. Listen to me. Is church important to you? No, not you said yes. The way you live, does it say church? The Bible says the church is the pillar and ground of the truth. The church is. The Bible said Jesus is the head of the body. Ready? The church. The Bible says that the New Testament church is the bride of Christ. And somehow that's not important to you. It's getting to be not important to a whole lot of people. And then we look at our kids and go, what's wrong with you? Well, let me see. Uh, my mom's saved. My dad's not. Uh, we don't do anything that's right at home anymore, but they let me do whatever I want to. Number two, they have to force me to go to church, and I hate going there. Besides that, they don't go half the time. And somehow you want great biscuits out of this. My family's always been active in church. Our lives revolve around the local church. Everything, since kids were little. Amen. Never was a question to them. Dad, we going to church? That's ne- Nobody ever said that moment. Dad, we going to church yes. tomorrow? Amen. What do you mean? What do you, they, I don't understand it. They've never even asked that question. Why? Because that's what we do on Sunday morning. Every Sunday morning, every Sunday night, every midweek, and then we'll travel other places to hear preaching other places. He said, act like you can't get enough church. I am scared to death of what this world may do to me if I get away from the Lord. All of our plans, all of our jobs, our vacations, where we move. You think this is crazy. All has to do with the church. If the church is having a big day, a big week, we don't go away. Your children are watching you make decisions about what's important to you. And because they love you, they'll end up being very similar to mom and dad. My family thinks church first. Do you know why? Because church is first. Please understand, remember my background. We didn't grow up this way. It is a learned behavior. I had to transform my life by the renewing of my mind. Whatever's important to Christ has got to become important to me. Whatever God likes is something I need to like. Ready? Whatever God hates and is against, I need to hate and be against. Most want God to bless when they plan church around their life. That's backward. You plan your life around church. Get and keep your entire family involved in church. Well, they don't like it. Who in the world said, ask your kids what they like? Oh, I can tell you. Public school and psychology and your doctor. In my house, it's not a democracy. It's a dictatorship. What are you doing in bed? Get out of bed. My son James, I told you this story before. He said, I can't get him up. I bet I can get your son out of bed. 
What about? My son, Jay, I don't know what he was, 18 maybe, 17, 18 years old. And he was like some people. It's not he couldn't get out of it. He doesn't want to. And so his mom, I said, okay, we're ready. Where's James? Can't get him out of bed. Hey, I'm telling you, get out of the bed, and you better be ready when we're late. Dad, Dad, I'm up, I'm up, I'm up, I'm up. Right? What I didn't know was as I walked into his room, there was a board that would creak. You almost couldn't miss it. So as soon as he heard that, subconsciously, Dad, I'm up, I'm up, I'm up. I'm not telling you again. And then it dawned on me. How is it he wakes up as soon as I walk in the room? So I got a cup of ice water. Here's what I did. He never saw it coming. James, Dad, what? Dad, what are you doing? You got the sheets all. Get out of that bed. I'm not telling you again. Never had a problem again. You keep buying into their excuses. Sometimes they get their excuses from the example that's been around them. Giving, singing, giving, singing. Church is everything. Giving, giving. Did I mention giving? So you went to church and you just want church to do everything for you. There are folks in this church right now, you have never given a dime, and yet you come and tell me things you don't like and wish would change. You know, actually, according to our Constitution, you don't even have a vote here. I knew it. All that church wants is money. Well, that can't be true because you ain't never given any. Singing. Our church, my family's always been involved in singing. Always been involved in singing. Soul winning. We talk to people about the Lord. Sunday school, bus routes, cleaning the church. You should have been when we started this place. My kids were knee-deep in filth in a, in, a, in a storefront basement trying to clean it out. When it would rain, the storefront we were in, it had holes in the walls. True story. True story. There were holes in the walls right over here on West Broad Street. Holes in the wall. When it would rain, water would shoot out all the holes about that far. Right down on the floor. I mean, it was like we had our sixth anniversary over here and had a preacher preaching with us. And I would sit this close to the pulpit. He was preaching right there. Because our, our, the back of the wall was only about where Brother uh, Soren is sitting, raise your hand. That means raise your hand. There you go, right about that far. So you're standing here, and there's the back row. I'm sitting right here, and it's storming outside, sixth anniversary. And all of a sudden, I happen to look up, and a drip is forming. And I'm just watching it, so I'm watching it. Now, I know everybody's paying attention to me, and I keep doing this. But pretty soon, it dripped. And then it dripped. And then it dripped again. And pretty soon there was a steady stream. So, oh, man. oh, no, that's not all. Misery loves company. So then the drip moved over and started another one. So now I had a steady drip and a new drip starting. Oh, no, that's not all. Then it moved from there and went over and started another one. I'm getting ready to have Niagara Falls. And the preacher looked at me. He was a good friend. He looked at me and he said, this never happened to me in church before. I said, I know. I was so embarrassed I couldn't believe that. My children and I and some other people went down there and cleaned out the filth of that storefront. Well, Daddy will handle this. No, no. Matt, James, let's go. Let's go, kids. Going to the church. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. I want them to be a part of what Mom and Dad's a part of. You're going to do what we do. It's not. How many want to go with Dad? What? Get your clothes on. 
We're going to church. We're going to go to church and work. When we got this property, we lived over here. I had little kids, my, my son, pulling limbs across the property that we just cut down. Dad, this had be quiet, pick the thing up, and get it over there. Amen. It's why we don't have we don't have boys anymore. We have little effeminate grown-ups. I, I just don't like doing that. It, 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 look, I got a boo-boo. And here's mommy. Oh, honey, then don't do that. Used to be a guy used to come here. Here's what he used to say all the time. His boys would say, Dad, we need a drink of water. You can have a drink as soon as we get all the work done. Don't you love that? Mom's going, no, yeah, you love that. You know what that makes you want to do? Keep working. Let's get this thing done. I have a problem. I don't like to eat when I'm working, when I'm, so I have to go all day. Because once I eat, I don't want to sit down and do nothing. Well, I, I forgot that when we had the teenage boys over here working sometimes, or we used to all the time, and they'd come over here, and finally they'd go like this, Preacher, we're going to have lunch? <laughs> and I'd tell them, oh, yeah, go ahead, sit down and eat. And I just forgot. But everybody was involved. Everybody got involved. Now the world is taking up all your time. By the way, it'll take up every second, every minute, and you'll say, I have no choice. Well, somebody made you make a choice about church. Parents, you are defending your home. Are you fit, Are you defending it properly? Are you and your spouse 100% safe? Then just forget all of this. It's not going to work. You're going to have your hands full with just fighting against each other and trying to figure out which way you're going to go. Is Christ in the Bible the center of your home? Is church that you belong to? I told a guy the other day, and I said, look, when you get things right, you need to find a good Baptist church. And he smiled. I said, no, that's Bible. Baptist church, that's Bible. John the, that wasn't his middle name, the. That's what he was. That's what he did. He was a Baptist. By the way, guess who baptized Jesus? John the. You know what he told, you know what he told John? I must needs be baptized by you, John the. You know they say once a Catholic, always a Catholic. You ever hear them say that? They say that. You know what we as Baptists do? Well, it's your decision when you grow up. You don't ever get involved with a girl or a guy. Okay, let me give you some marriage counseling. You ready? I'm done. Ready? This girl comes in. Preacher, I met this guy. What do you think? You tell me about it. Okay. I said, is he saved? He goes to church. Wrong answer. Number two. Oh, no. He, he's a Baptist, and he said he loves the Lord. Okay. Let's assume he does. Right? Since he's supposed to be the leader of the family, I say, here's what I suggest. Are you both heading in the same direction? Are you both on the same level? Are you both moving at the same speed towards the Lord? Now, if anybody should be in leadership because God holds the man responsible, remember I taught you that, he could be a little in front. But if she's lagging behind and he's way up here on a different level, heading out, moving on out, this would happen to my wife and I. It's not going to work. So then I said, what Baptist church does he go to? Oh, preacher, he's not a Baptist. Don't outthink me. I'm not saying all Baptist, you go to Baptist church, that makes you really cool and everything's fine. They're real jerks in Baptist church sometimes. I'm kind of looking at a few of them myself. She said, well, what do you do then? You ever think about asking for it? Put that away. Hey, you're distracting anybody around. Put it away. I used to go to public school. 
teenage kids, you talk to them and figure out yes. I'm staring right at you. What are you, what are you doing? I used to go to public school. I said, I got to do things like that. Folks, listen to me. One of the hardships and heartbreaks of life are children that destroy their life. And it's happening more and more. Now, the Bible talked about as long as they're in your home. If they accidentally fall because you didn't put up battlements, I'm holding you responsible. Once they leave your home or they climb out the window or they run away, though that's going to hurt you, God said, I don't hold you responsible. If you have battlements up, but you do not build God's way, God said, I still hold you responsible. I told you how to build. You decided not to. How could this happen? You didn't build God's way. It doesn't mean it can't happen. You have windows in your house. Uh, we have parents that send their kids to Bible college, and then the kids go bad. They go, that Bible college, I'm telling you, that Bible college is worthless. You know they don't have rules that say at 2 o'clock in the morning, don't go out the window, because if you do, it doesn't say that. You're supposed to be a grown-up now. You're supposed to do what is right to do. You broke the rules, and then you blame the college. Same thing with church. You sit here this morning and hear something you don't particularly like. So you throw the baby out with the bathwater. That's the way Baptist churches are. No, I wish they were, but they're not. There was a day when you said, oh, it's a Baptist church. Everybody go, okay, they're mostly, they're basically the same. You can't say that anymore. Are you saved? You keep wondering what's causing the problem. Are you saved? Both of you have your own idea about what's right and wrong. Who should your children listen to? I will tell you. They will listen to the parent that will give in to them the most. See, they listen to me. That's because dad won't change his mind. Children have a nature that keeps wanting you to give in. So you think you're being lenient and they love you. No, you're being used. You're just being used. You come in here on a Sunday night. And you'll see all these little rugrats running around here, you know, and they're doing things they shouldn't do. And, and the, it's, it's really cool. We've got every color and nation you could think of comes here. And they're all get over in the corner, and they, they're only about that tall, you know, and they're all over there talking, and they're, they're pushing each other, and they're talking about things, and they're giggling, and they're eating sucker sticks and putting them down between the chairs. And they're, they're just having a great time in church. You know something? This is their life. This is all they know. This is all they know. And you go, yeah, I don't know if that's right. What is not right with it? You want to get to the world and then say, I need Jesus? How about this? Let's train up a child in the way he should go. Amen. Folks, mom, dad, you listen to me. You're causing yourself a lot of unnecessary trouble. There's enough trouble in the world. Are you saved? Is the Bible the center of your home? Do you have a local church that you say, it's church time. We need to get there. We need to get there. We need to get involved. We need to do something. We just had a marriage conference and some of you that should have been there you didn't show up and you're waiting to have marriage counseling with me for five days I just had preached on everything I know about marriage no, not really and you weren't even there and sure enough your biscuits are going to get flattened and you're going to say preacher what did I miss you used the wrong oil 
I just told them that on Sunday, but you weren't there. Some of my favorite subjects, children, marriage, favorite subjects. You're being played. Mom, you're being played. Sometimes because you went through a divorce or kids are hurting physically, you give in to them as though that's showing love. It's not. They'll take everything from you, and one day when that's not enough, they'll run away from you and blame you for it. Jesus didn't change just because he saved you. Are you saved? What does this book mean to you? Is this transforming you? Are you letting this speak to you and change your mind about what's going on? Quit changing the Bible to you. Let the Bible change you to it. And then church, I'm standing right now, I'd do anything for this church. You say, it's not just a building. Oh, no, 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 it's the pillar and ground of the truth. It is the bride of Jesus Christ. Jesus is the head of the body, the church. This Paul gave his life for the local church. Jesus died and said, I'm coming back for the church. Right. Well, I don't think the church is that important. It is that important. Defending the home. How are you doing that? Saved? Bible? Church? God gave you everything you need to make this thing work. He gave you the recipe, and you keep leaving out ingredients and then complain that you don't have fluffy, good-tasting biscuits dripping with honey. I'm slobbering. Children going bad is a pretty devastating thing. Many of your parents in here know exactly what I'm talking about. And some of you that have little ones, you're, so, you're hoping for the best, that God will miraculously do something even though you're not going along with the program. God doesn't work that way. God is telling you even now what you can do and what you should do. So what do you think about all that? Don't come up and tell me because I'm changing my mind. I know I'm right. Why? Because I know God's right. Don't be questioning me. Question yourself. God, what am I doing? Is this right? I've got two and three-year-olds right now. What should I do that when they become teenagers, I've got them heading in the right direction? If you're waiting until they become juniors or teenagers, you wait way too long, way too long. The whole world's teaching rebellion. You look at an adult this way. I'd slap teeth right on my kid's head doing something like that. She said, did you? Never had to. I also told him, I said, you ever talk back to your mother or you physically touch her, you'll, you'll wish you never lived. They believed me. And they never did. Your children pull away from you, tell you what they think, go off and do what they want, make excuses for everything. Am, am I talking to you? Why do you think you're putting in the wrong ingredients and hoping for the best? And God said, let me help you. You need a good foundation. Are you saved? Now, how you build on that foundation is with this material right here. And what's going to help you is I've given you a local church. Man, you get in there. You get involved. You be a part of everything you possibly can. And let's just keep pushing in the right direction. Is that you? Let's pray. Father, thank you so much.